welcome. I always do the welcome. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to the fabulous 26th edition of the Metabilis 2 podcast. With me, as usual, doing the introductions, I'm Ben. And I am David. And I think this week we have decided, uh, against our better judgment, no, it, it, <laughs> this week we've decided that we're going to talk about Cybermen. Excellent. Excellent. Because we've already talked about Daleks, I think, at length, and really pulled out some interesting nuggets, mm-hmm. I think. Um, mainly, things I hadn't realized before is 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 how um, the popularity of the Daleks, maybe for our American audience, is actually rather confusing. Um, and I'd always assumed that everybody loved the Daleks across the entire, across the, <laughs> the, the, the entire planet. So I actually learned something new from my own podcast, which is great. And oh, maybe, yeah. maybe if we talk about the Cybermen at length, we will also learn something new. So I think we're just gonna we're just gonna spin through the cyber stories and see what happens. Do you want to do them forward chronologically, or do you want to do them uh, backwards with the most Ooh. recent one? How do you want to go about this? Ooh, backwards Cybermen. We we could go backwards, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Let's All try right. it. Let's try it. Let's let's go backwards. So dark wow. water, death in heaven. Well, I mean, I haven't seen, so I can't spoil it for you. I haven't seen the latest Sherlock. But from what I have picked up, trying not to spoil myself on the internet, it's been a real kind of Moffat level, uh, just vanishing up its own bottom finale. <laughs> and I feel very much in the same way, unfortunately, about uh, Dark Water and Death in Heaven. There's good stuff in there. Um, the cyber plan is really, really complicated, as usual. <laughs> um, as, so, you know, that's fine. I would, uh-huh. That's 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 what we expect from the cyber plan with no problems mm-hmm. there at all but there's a lot of stuff in that which is kind of been put in there for show mm. which doesn't make a huge amount of sense plot wise um you know the whole uh uh i mean you know bringing uh, bringing the brigadier back from the dead that's weird uh-huh. That's just kind of like because he's he actually is dead, you know. So it's it's, well, it's kind just of, very it's just very distasteful. And yeah, it is distasteful. Exactly. It I didn't like it as a Cyberman story. I liked I liked the whole dark water bit, but it's sort of like this doesn't make sense. Why we need to bring up corpses to become Cybermen? Because I thought the whole idea was their brains at least were human humanoid and controlled or limited by the cyber technology or yeah they're not really zombies i mean they're they're something they're augmented alive humans mm-hmm. i mean the horror of the cybermen is not that they're the undead but they are the recently alive i think uh right not being too complicated about the whole thing you know i mean basically you're taken and you're made into a cyberman you're made into a you are made undead but you're made undead from being alive in the first place rather than being made undead from being dead in the first place right that makes sense you know, they had to put in St. Paul's, you know, which is the iconic and inverted, I'm doing the inverted commas things with my fingers right now, um, you know, the iconic Cybermen walk down the steps, which is great. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they have to do it every time they're Cybermen, it's like, well, why are they St. Paul's again? And the whole thing, you know, St. Paul's kind of, you know, unfolds into kind of a cyber flower. What? It was a little fan wanky for no real good reason other exactly. than that they did it in the 60s. Yeah, and, and I, I did it again in the eighties too. They did, you? yeah. You, you'll probably tell me that I missed something because I might have missed something because I probably wasn't paying attention because I wasn't enjoying <laughs> it that much. Um, how did they fit all those cyber things inside Saint Paul's Cathedral? 
I don't know if there was that many Cybermen in St. Paul's Cathedral. I thought once they had the cyber rain come down on the cemeteries, that's where they had their right. cyber army spring up from. Yeah, I, and I, I didn't understand where all the dark water Cybermen's were being kept, whether that was in St. Paul's or whether that was somewhere else. Well, it could be that uh, St. Paul's was uh, bigger on the inside than the outside. Maybe it was Missy's TARDIS type. Thing. Yeah, I kind of understood that to be the case, but then I didn't actually know the Cybermen mm-hmm. had that technology. Um, and if they do have that technology, the only thing they're using it for is to make St. Paul's, which is already quite big, even bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, that's kind of a waste. So yeah, I'm so, I, I, again, I, we've already talked about Missy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the concept of Missy. I just don't really like the actress that much, so that, that kind of spoils it for me a bit. Well, the thing, I, I guess shallow. the thing that spoiled this, the death, Dark Water, Death in Heaven for me was the whole undead and bringing back the Brigadier. Uh, I was fairly on board with it. I mean, the Cybermen were okay, yeah. It seemed like we're having yet another type Cyberman origin story. And if we believe the rumors of going on that through Capaldi and Moffat are gearing up for yet another Cyberman origin story in the following series, yeah. series 10. So I wonder if, you know, in some ways the Daleks are cursed or blessed by having the Davros very strong genesis of the Dalek story. The Cybermen are equally cursed slash blessed by not having their origin story fixed down. Now, yeah. Big Finish did a really good origin story in Spare Parts. With, spare uh, Parts Peter, is super, absolutely superb. Peter Davison. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, again, one would love to see that adapted fully for the screen. I would wonder, or, or I, I mean, it's a great story, but we have it in audio format with a great doctor, and uh, I think Nissa was the companion for it. And She was, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, the, the, the reasons who I see where I'd love to see it adapted to the big screen so it would have, everyone would know about it rather than mm. just, you know, fans of Big Finish, mm-hmm. which, you know, as great as Big Finish is, it is a pretty kind of niche, niche activity. Maybe they'll put CGI masks on Davison and uh, <laughs> Sarah Sutton and... Uh... <laughs> oh, Sarah Sutton. Sarah Sutton is still absolutely lovely. Um, I'm, as, 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 as I grow old, she also grows old. And that's something really, really nice about that. And I was looking at her just the other day in Doctor Who magazine thinking, oh, Sarah Sutton, you're so nice. <laughs> So, well, they anyway. would want to. They would want to match it to the continuity of the they would, 1980s. They would, definitely. I mean, <laughs> there is. I mean, just to sidebar for a second. I mean, there is something a little bit attractive, certainly to me, about the idea of the Cybermen. Uh, you're having multiple origins, so that they don't really have one really great mm-hmm. kind of stonking origin story, but they just have a whole bunch of kind of contradictory or and parallel. Uh, parallel origins I and mean, mm-hmm. or, or with the uh, uh, with the RTD resurrection of the Cybermen you know deliberately mm-hmm. you know okay they're from another universe mm-hmm. um, and of course with Moffat I think he's actually we're, I think we're a bit confused now it's like where the where these Cybermen have come from so I mean that's kind of an attractive idea um, mm-hmm. but I again I think reanimating the dead especially reanimating the actual dead i.e. actors who which segues quite nice into what we talked about last week mm-hmm. reanimating the actual dead even even uh, as a costume is kind of uh, ugly and and there were just basic kind of plot things that went wrong I mean the killing mm-hmm. of Osgood didn't have to happen and apparently she's being brought back anyway in the new series he's <laughs> like well it know, cheapens it exactly i mean what were the two soldiers doing standing there 
behind Missy and then Missy was able mm-hmm. to free herself magically. I, it was just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It yeah. seemed like the wrong tone. And I know Moffat probably was trying to pay um, respects for on Remembrance Day to the military and soldiers, but it seemed to go about it in the wrong way. I would, I would definitely agree with that. It does not get very many silver stars from me, I'm afraid, if that's our rating system for, <laughs> for cyber stories. <laughs> So what did you think of the Cybermen special ability of rocket boots or whatever? Uh, what are they, like Iron Man or something now? No, I did not like that at all. Okay. Um, I'm afraid. I mean, they've not really shown any propensity to be able to fly around before. And I also find Iron Man's ability to fly around using rocket boots very irritating. <laughs> so I'm just as irritated by this as well. I mean, the Cybermen can have magical powers. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the... I can't remember what the... Uh, what the story's called now, the, the last in the Doctor Who uh, comic strips in Doctor Who magazine, so the last eighth Doctor, the last McGann story, which is a cyber story, has, um, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, I mean, it has Cybermen from the very, very far future, Cybermen with almost kind of superhuman mm. abilities, um, who then rain down, they have a rain that comes down onto onto london um mm-hmm. and uh, uh i won't explain the the whole plot but it's it's a brilliant piece so they of were using rain as well yeah yeah the cyber rain in, mm. in in the comic strip was actually it was kind of an emotional enhancer hmm. so basically made everybody so incredibly emotional that they would then beg the cybermen to remove their emotions mm-hmm. um it was a really kind of horrible concept and just a really really good well worth seeking out right again apologies to to our listener all my books and things are currently in storage elsewhere so otherwise usually i'd be able to lean over and find out exactly what i was talking about but i can't remember now anyway so there's a super advanced cyber race and there's also a cyber rain so i think definitely moffitt's read that strip um well, and has well being a super fan that he is it would be improbable that yes, he didn't it, exactly it's very un- unlikely that but these, uh, these kind of far future Cybermen, again, have virtually unlimited superhuman abilities because they're, we already know the Cybermen have some form of time travel. And, um, you know, why shouldn't Cybermen from, you know, millions and millions of years in the future come back to harvest more alive people to make into themselves? It makes perfect sense. Anyway. Well, that's, that's an interesting observation. And I'm, I'm kind of ties in with something I've been thinking about since we you know chatted about talking about Cybermen. Yeah. Is we have the parallel in the Star Trek universe of the Borg. Right. And what what's your thoughts on the Borg? Well I'm not really a Star Trek fan, so um uh, you know obviously I know about the Borg so I'm but you know don't quote me as being some kind of Borg expert. Um as far as I remember, the Borg started out being really interesting because they were a collective, they had mm-hmm. no individual personalities and you know, it seemed to me to actually to be a really interesting concept for an alien race, you know, mm-hmm. that has kind of kind of suppressed its individuality. You know, it's obviously it's probably like you know, a communist allegory or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously as they progress, what of course you know you lose sight of is that that becomes not very interesting as a piece of plot. Right. So yeah, then as a Borg queen turns up, as far as I remember, one of the movies. So like, mm-hmm. why does? An alien race that has no individual personality need a queen. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is they have no leader. Well, they were they were meant to be kind of insect like, uh, so a queen would make sense in an insect like hive. Yeah, it would make sense for insects certainly, which have to breed. So their origin, I think, is in two parts because the Star Trek writers who came up with this 
pled ignorance or denied that uh, Doctor Who Cybermen had much impact on it. They were suggesting that their first, the Borg originally were going to be insects, and that's kind of how they have the background and the uh, stylized. Right. Okay. Um, it's from a, a ni- late 1980s live action thing for Hasbro that they used to okay. sell toys called uh, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. And they had a character on there, Lord Dread, who looked very, very much like how we see the Borg with, you know, the huh. cybernetic eye and whatnot. Huh. And so what do you, I mean, for a cybernetic being, do you like the all encased in silver or do you like the Borg look better? I mean... You... Uh, unfortunately, I, mean, I would always like Doctor Who better than Star Trek, so mm-hmm. it's, it's not really a good question right. for me. Um, I mean, I think the Borg started out as a better concept of an alien race. Mm-hmm. I think that was diluted by people not paying attention to what made them interesting. I think what is always more interesting about Doctor Who is that unlike unlike um, Star Trek, it has a completely chaotic continuity, which I find more interesting than a very structured and uh, managed continuity which mm-hmm. Star Trek has had from the get-go. Right. Um, so I prefer the chaos of the Cybermen. I love mm-hmm. the uh, you know the, the the craziness of the Cyber plans. Um, I love mm-hmm. the fact that they're supposed to be super logical, but they're, they're all sort of cyber crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're sort of not all super logical. Um, and right. I also really enjoyed the idea that they may have multiple origins, that they come from some kind mm-hmm. of multiverse. Or alternatively, um, you know, producing a cyber, uh, a cybernetic augmentation of a you know bipedal humanoid body is an idea that's occurred to lots of different races over the entire yes. galaxy. Yes, so there's like hundreds, yes. hundreds of different kinds of Cybermen because we've mm-hmm. all had the same idea. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the the Cyberman strip that Adrian Salmon did for Doctor Who magazine in the '90s, which takes the Cybermen back to Mondas mm-hmm. and counterposes them with the Silurians. So mm-hmm. um, uh, so there are Silurians on Mondas who are turned into Cybermen um, and then there are there are there are Cybermen on 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 Earth. And it's just a great kind of duality. If you haven't read that, uh, a listener, um, <laughs> it's really worth. I'm not sure it's actually been ever been fully reprinted, but Adrian Salmon is an amazing artist. And Was that is, in uh, Doctor Who magazines? Yeah, they did it in the style of the Century Twenty One uh, Dalek strip. So it was mm-hmm. like a one-page strip. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a one-page every month, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely 100% solid gold cyber cyber silurian action um but anyway um i've just looked up on the internet the um the the one with the superhuman cybermen from the very very far future comic strip is called the flood yeah um and it is available in one volume from panini comics so go out and buy that it's the eighth doctor comic strips volume four excellent excellent so shall we excellent let's 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 move swiftly on time of the doctor our wooden cybermen Wooden Cybermen, love it. Yep, I'm a big fan of the Wooden Cybermen. Um, I didn't like the Stone Dalek very much in the Pandorica Opens or whenever mm-hmm. we had a Stone Dalek because it actually wasn't very well realized. It was basically mm-hmm. a Dalek that they just put some cement over, mm-hmm. which is what it looked like. Uh, <laughs> the the wooden, wooden Cybermen looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like it was made of wood, and I like that a lot. Um, it's kind of a stupid idea. I don't know why Cybermen would bother to make themselves out of wood. <laughs> Incidentally, there's a, an upcoming Big Finish story, which again, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of, um, where the, the, there's Daleks that are made out of stained glass. 
<laughs> so I'm really looking. I think this idea of, of remaking our favorite monsters in unlikely materials is 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 actually something I kind of really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that keen on handles. I think I've already said yeah handles. Um, uh, how about you with the wooden Cybermen? What did you think? David? The Arbor Man. <laughs> the Arbor Man. That is his name. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know. It's. Uh... <laughs> It it just was kind of corny, but it seemed to be appropriate for the time of the Doctor. And it was quite Christmassy as well. You can mm-hmm. imagine, you know, wooden sideman having like holly. You know, he's, like, <laughs> he's sort of made of holly. The, he's made of the, holly and ivy. What the Arbor Man <laughs> did remind me of is those wooden uh, statue figures in the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe they had some leftover kind of making things out of wood mm-hmm. molds, which is why they decided to go with the. Um, the Arbor Man, but uh, fatal weakness of the Arbor Man is uh, <laughs> don't don't build them with a flamethrower. <laughs> no, yeah, they're quite easy to set on fire and <laughs> then they die. Yeah, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so not yeah. really the best cyber outing. They were more of a plot filler again. Yeah, they're more kind of like oh, like we better throw some Cybermen mm-hmm. in here somewhere or and let's make them into Arbor Men. Um, yeah. So what's our next one if we're going backwards? Nightmare in Silver. Neil Gaiman. Oh, that was pants. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what what, what do you think? What do you think about Nightmare in Silver? I think... The Nightmare was ours. I think Gaiman and Moffat needed a script editor. Because you can't... I mean, okay, it was an interesting idea that as soon as you have Cybermen and... Um, invade or infest a planet you got to just destroy it because they're going to take over but after you do that then what right there's no they become too powerful i thought it was interesting that they're super adaptive yeah but in one moment they were another part they weren't and then the whole bit with mr clever yeah uh, i think that's what ultimately drove matt smith from the program Moffat's a really talented and powerful individual in kind mm-hmm. of story writing, and so is Gaiman. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, one of the, one of the, uh, 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 what's the word? One of the weaknesses they both have is their love of whimsy, mm-hmm. and I think Matt Smith does really great whimsy. And you know that whole mystic. I mean, I like the idea of the Doctor being, uh, you know, slightly cyber converted. That's a nice idea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's an interesting thing. I mean, like. Jean-Luc Picard gets turned into a Borg in, right. in Star Trek. You know, that's an interesting thing to, to go with, but to, to screw it up like that, uh, well, it not, just, not good. Not good. Yeah, I just thought it was a Neil Gaiman story trying to force itself into Doctor Who rather than Neil Gaiman trying to adapt himself into the Doctor Who world. And I think the, the problem is, you know, it's Neil, it's Neil effing Gaiman. You know, you can't really tell him not to not to do stuff because mm-hmm. you know it's neil gaiman he's already proved himself well i think that's what happened with the doctor's wife gaiman's first outing that um moffat probably did a lot of rewrites and edits on him and on the second outing he didn't do quite as much and the program wasn't quite as successful whether moffat was trying to show off so to speak saying look i'm the reason the Doctor's wife was as successful as it was compared to the Nightmare in Silver, or yeah. what? Now? Well, I mean, well, I, I think the other problem with with Nightmare in Silver is, which has got nothing to do with the Cybermen, is that I mean, maybe the problem was is that Moffat was too busy twatting around with them, um, trying to get Clara to work right. Because again, mm-hmm. as I understand it, Gaiman was briefed to write um, Nightmare in Silver with Clara as a Victorian governess, right. you know, which is why right. she's got these children who sh- who behave. 
completely unlike, you know, 21st century children in every way, Mm -hmm. because originally they were Victorian children and she was a Victorian governess. But all of a sudden, bam, they have to be 21st Mm -hmm. century children. But no one actually bothers to rewrite their dialogue or the way they behave. Um, So it makes them seem like weirdos. Yeah, I think the right approach for that would have been to write out the children completely. I don't think they they were necessary. No. And they certainly could have gotten along without both the girl and the boy. And I just, yeah, it just added to the confusion or the messed up characterization of Clara uh, yeah. that Moffat was trying to do. That he just couldn't make up couldn't his decide. mind. He, was, he yeah. was too much in love with the idea of the impossible girl. And we didn't get a real woman um, portraying Clara at all. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Which is not really the fault of the Cybermen. I mean, I think the Cybermen looked okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure the kind of beetle-like carapace that they've developed at this point is the best design for them. I mean, I like that we got the, you know, the weeping, the little eye hole things mm-hmm. back. Um, that was good. But yeah, it's 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 pretty much a pretty much a bust. The that 21st story? century design of the Cybermen is just a little too. Uh... Uh, knight like uh, knight in armor like rather than oh, the older point. cybermen which had a little more organic feel to it with um cloths and fabrics and um not uh solid shapes and yeah. so uh this i guess that's one of the things with the 21st century cybermen design is it seems a little bit much like a suit of armor stomping around and then we get the stomping the stomping them. thing, which is which is RTD, you know, mm-hmm. and the Age of Steel. I mean, RTD right. kind of dumps the whole idea they're made of silver mm-hmm. or some kind of you know special silvery metal. They're basically they're human beings trapped in a steel box, which is mm-hmm. a nice horrible idea. Um, but it does, as you said, it makes them a bit more, a bit too much like knights in armor. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think one of the things that really works for me with with classic era Cybermen is that their design is so random and that randomness of their design with kind of tubes and wetsuits and Mm -hmm. flight suits and lace-up boots um and you know uh wiffle balls and you know it actually speaks to a race of people who are trying to design themselves and from time to time failing Mm -hmm. uh which i actually kind of you know i really enjoy as a concept i have a lot of time i'm now getting way ahead of a lot of time for the revenge of the cybermen because it does portray the cybermen as sort of failures scavengers Um, scavengers and like they lost a war and now they're just a bit kind of not very good and Mm -hmm. they're just kind of skulking about and they're not really made very well you know um which which i actually kind of like as a as a sci-fi concept i prefer Mm -hmm. that to the kind of invincible the invincible men of steel that that Mm -hmm. we got with rtd well, we kind of got that with Nightmare and Silver, where they became totally unstoppable, totally invincible. The only way that you can stop them is to d- destroy an entire planet. So. Just nuke nuke the site from orbit is the only way to right. be sure. To, to quote aliens, uh, but I mean, I think I mean I, again, I'd refer everyone back to the to the flood, um, the, the the final eighth uh, Doctor Cyber strip in in Doctor Who magazines, which does posit. A, a, a you know a race of side men mm-hmm. who are so advanced that they're basically indistinguishable from gods um, and they are completely undefeatable um, mm-hmm. there's nothing that humans can do to defeat them and you know it, they actually it works really really well and they are defeated in a really really kind of satisfying way mm-hmm. I, again I'm not sure why the comic strip always has to do a better job than a TV show but in this case it certainly did do you think the Cybermen still fit for 
21st century. Where, I mean, cybernetics are really quite commonplace anymore for humans, especially with so many injuries coming out of America's wars in right. like Afghanistan and Iraq, where we have many, many soldiers coming back who have replacement cybernetics now. Is the fear of cybernetics and heart replacements, artificial corneas, We, I mean, we have become much more uh, cybernized as a human race. I don't know. I mean, um, uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, it seems to me that actually that plays into the story of the Cybermen far better because I think the point of the Cybermen is that, is that originally when they were humans, they became inured to the a fear of artificially augmentating themselves. Mm-hmm. So they augmentated themselves to death. Um, and they became uh, both more than human and also less less than human at the same time. So the fact that we're getting more used to, sadly, seeing people with cyber limbs walking around, mm-hmm. maybe that plays into the, the cyber myth better. I don't know. Mm. I'm, I guess I'm on a contrary opinion. I think they're less effective now than they were when they first debuted because I don't think we're at a risk of people getting a cybernetic limb replacement losing their humanity. I think that we see the limits to it, and even even though that they may have more endurance or that limb won't fatigue and whatnot, and there's there's uh, questions now whether it's like in athletic competitions, if a cybernetic limb athlete can compete with a human limbed, you know, or, or a biological limbed athlete, if that is a fair comparison. Um, but what I think is probably more uh, fearful for if we wanted to do a modern equivalent to a cyberminerism is with uh, genetic selection. Gattaca? Yeah, Gattaca, exactly. Yeah. Where every, everything is, everyone is genetically selected for certain traits. Right. And we have a, uh, a increasingly genetically uh, selected bred type species of humanity that the sense of randomness has been bred out and what what will that lead to right i think that might be a more scary sense are we going to lose our humanity that way trying to play Mm -hmm. god than with cybernetic replacements so it's the daleks that 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 continue i think well yeah ultimately but the it'd be more like the uh, do we have a race in doctor who that are genetically perfect genetically perfect um there there are some i mean i'm thinking you're like i don't know crotons and you know the savages well i'm um, thinking like well the falls were supposed to be falls genetically but i'm not uh, yeah it'd be like the the nazi eugenic movement on steroids effectively yeah, yeah. like you said gattaca yeah, yeah, which is you know, which which is what the good, which is what's so awesome about the Daleks because they mm-hmm. are you know they're genetically perfectly horrible, right? But they are genetically perfect, mm-hmm. so it kind of gives the lie to the idea that you know perfection is beauty uh, mm-hmm. and and beauty is perfection. Well, actually, you know, actually, you could be evil and disgusting and perfect at the same time, right? Which is why Daleks always. So fit. for my two Bob, I guess I would go. If we had a very aesthetically pleasing race that was also into eugenics and, you know, selective breeding type thing, Mm. that would be where my personal horror would be, not necessarily with the Cybermen. Right, right. The assimilation is is 
scary, but I think what's yeah. more scary is if you had a race of uh, peoples or aliens that basically wanted to kill all the mutos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again, you know, what like Daleks. Is, it's it's is like the Daleks, all the mm-hmm. Thals as well. Which again right. is what's so great about Genesis of the Daleks because the Thals are just as bad as the Khalids. Right. You know, there is there are no winners in that mm-hmm. war. They are both completely dehumanized. At least the Daleks are honest about it. Well, should we get back on track with the Cybermen here? Yeah, so what's next? Closing time. Closing time, which is, you know, a good, funny story. Yep, yep, you know. Stormageddon. Um, Stormageddon, um, you know, uh, whatever you think about what's-his-name, uh, James Corden, who's now mm-hmm. a big chat show host in the, in States, the United States. Yep. You know, he's a funny man. He's a fat, roly-poly fool. Um, and he gets mixed up with a bunch of Cybermen, some Cybermats. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, really nothing to fault that one, really. I mean, it's, 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 it's okay. It's lightweight, and it's lightweight, a, yep. lightweight standalone story. I guess it's a sequel on uh, the Lodger. Yeah. So Gareth Roberts, is, is, he's a he's a good writer. I mean, he does a lot of comedy mm-hmm. stuff for Doctor Who magazine. He's kind of a Tory, but that's fine. We won't hold it against him, um, or maybe we will. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's a good lightweight story, and it's actually it's a really good use of traditional monsters. Is that you know, it's rather than having to come up with a new monster. Just throw in an old monster because you need a monster because you know the story needs a monster. So great, yeah, good on him. With closing time, I thought it was a fairly decent cyber story. Yeah, I yeah. mean it um, pulled the same trick of emotions overriding the Cyberman control, but uh, yeah. it's all right. It made it still makes some sense. Yeah, no, it does make. Yes, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's fine. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely. Absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's 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 a good TV episode because it, you know it is lightweight. You know, the universe can't always be on the line, um, mm-hmm. and the planet Earth can't always be on the line. To have something kind of lightweight, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think it's I think that's good. Kind of a middling story. Nothing really wrong with it, though. Not uh, nothing. I mean, I think the strong performances were um, James Corden and Matt Smith together again, more yep. than anything else. More than it actually being a Cyberman story. It was, yeah. I mean, we had some good gags with uh, the baby who prefers to be known as Stormageddon. Um, right, right. They're being mistaken as a couple, uh, Matt Smith and James Corden. That was kind of amusing. Right. But beyond that, the Cybermen were just there for having a monster for the story. You need to have a monster. Yep. Right. Yep. You need to have a monster. Yeah, exactly. So I have in my notes that the Cybermen were in A Good Man Goes to War, but I believe the only bit where they were in was at the beginning when Rory goes in and makes a threat wondering where <laughs> where Amy is. is yeah, that- I, I, I mean, I can, I mean, they're obviously, they were probably standing around at some point during that, but I can't really remember them actually mm, being in it that much. No, so. I think they were just at the beginning when uh, Rory... Yeah, oh, that's it, and they had the big cyber ships. Oh, that yeah. was cool, yeah. Cyber ships like they have in the invasion. Yeah, they were monitoring communications from Demon's Run, and Rory makes his big, big scene. And, you know, you think, oh, cool, maybe we'll see some real cyber space battle or nothing. But Rory makes this threat, and the doctor blows up the cyber ships. (laughs) Yeah, which is, yeah, you know, I mean, which I guess is, you know, played into kind of Moffat's concept of the doctor just always being around and always winning and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not very satisfying. <laughs> no, not very satisfying. I really didn't care for it hugely, to be honest. What's next? Pandorica opens where we have a cyber guard in guarding the Pandorica. 
you know, it's it's this corpse thing. You know, you open up the cyber helmet and there's like a skull inside. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure the cyber... Again, we said, I'm not sure the Cybermen are dead. I think they're alive. Right. And I think what's horrible about it, and I think RTD did this well, is that when you open up a Cyberman, you don't find a corpse. You find a live person. Right. Uh, so it's actually, you know, a human, real live human head when you open them up, not mm-hmm. not a kind of horrible skull. So, um, you know, again, you know, it works, it's underground, it's kind of like a grave, and uh, that Cyberman is like, you know, underground being like a reanimated zombie thing, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't really fit with my with my concept of what the Cybermen should be. I thought it was effective if we're looking at the thrills and chills. It was very yes, good. that's what I mean, yep. Good for that, but is the Cybermen the costume the suit, or is the Cybermen the actual being inside that's controlling the cybernetics, and I don't understand how well i do understand because it's a story necessity but it doesn't seem to fit with the previous concepts of the cybermen how the cybermen are uh running the suit rather than the suit running the cybermen or the person inside it yeah yeah and it kind of harks i mean it's you know the 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 whole this whole idea of a skeleton in a suit I mean, we've seen that in um, the the light, the shadows in the library, mm-hmm. the Vashti Narada of skeletons in suits, and right. you know, a skeleton, a spacesuit that that has a skeleton inside it, and the skeleton and the sorry, the suit is in charge of the skeleton. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's in any number of sci-fi stories. Um, it was there also, I think, one of the villains in one of the in some of the earlier. Uh, Doctor Who magazine comic strips as well were ambient spacesuits with skeletons inside. You know? mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 not a very original concept and I think it dilutes, I think it's wrong about what Cybermen are to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Well, I That's thought my, it did, two cents. I thought it did work well, though, um, with the tentacles or the uh, uh, spinal cords coming out of the head trying to grasp at Amy and... Um, yeah. The, I mean, again, I mean, as you said, it works really well in terms of kind of, you know, shock horror mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Cybermen have tentacles that come out of their heads. Do they? I've never seen that before. You know, I mean, it just doesn't, well, it that, doesn't that's work fine. for Cybermen. No, that's fine for me. I'm just, it, it, I mean, I can explain that away as part of their spinal cord or cybers, you know, cyber, cyber, cord. Sp- cyber nerve, nervous system or something like that. Yeah. But it just doesn't fit with the idea that the suit can work without a living controller's uh, being inside. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So right. That, that is go. the end that's, of the... That's it from the, the Moffat Cyber era. Yeah. Yeah. The next Doctor is up next where we have the Cyber Shades. I quite like the Cyber Shades. I mean, they're not as good as Cyber Mats, mm-hmm. but... You know, and the idea of kind of Dickensian children being turned into kind of crap Dickensian cyber thingies. Were they the well children? I thought they were dogs. Or I sort of assumed that they were the children, but hmm. maybe they were dogs. I well, they know. kind of moved like monkeys or something like that and looked like bears. <laughs> moves like a monkey looks like a bear can only be a cyber shade um, <laughs> um but i think what's what what really were what for me went super wrong with that story is just the is the cyber king which is a great concept mm-hmm. but it was way too big mm-hmm. um and that just ripped the kind of entire 
you know, willing suspension of disbelief for me into into pieces because you know I know how London big is because how big London is because I lived there mm-hmm. for quite a long time, and to have something that's basically four or <laughs> five times as tall as St Paul's Cathedral, that's a really really <laughs> big thing, and you couldn't build it. It's it's like a mile high. Uh, so sorry, yeah, just just have be less ambitious. If it was just as big as like King Kong, yeah, mm-hmm. that would have worked really well. But it's the size of, you know, the Burj Khalifa or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Can, so it's a could sca- not happen. scaling issue. Well, similarly, and again, you know, there's, there is a scaling problem with CGI on, mm-hmm. on, on Doctor Who. I mean, I will just point you to the first Capaldi episode, which name escapes me, where they have that giant T-Rex, oh, which is, again, the, sa- the same size as St. Paul's Cathedral, mm-hmm. which is... Suppose Cathedral, you know, it's as big as the Capitol in, in, in Washington. It's really, really big. Right, it's a huge building. T-Rexes aren't that big. Mm-hmm. I mean, so just get it so it's a proper size. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. I think they explained that away because it would have been through time or something. It would have mm-hmm. become big by mistake. Still. By... Still, yeah, just <laughs> silly. Stop being silly. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of the, of the Cyber King. But, I thought the thing know, that they did especially they did well, or that RTD did especially well, was... Um, dealing with uh, Miss Mercy Hardigan, right? Uh, transformation into a cyber controller and just kind of her willingly, willingly giving up her humanity mm-hmm. for exchange of power and just turning a blind eye to the pain and suffering because she was feeling so much pain and just the limiting of the emotions was a good byproduct. So that was really well beautifully done. done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very well done. Very well it done. It just is too bad that like you said the scale was off with the Cyber King. Yeah, and it was I mean it was you know really took one back to the invasion and to Tobias Vaughn um and mm-hmm. you know the way that some humans will you know will well will give themselves up to be cyber, you know, which I mm-hmm. guess is what happened to John Lumick as well, but that's from another dimension. Um uh, I, I also also like you know, the cyber, whatever they were called, the mind things that had the cyber records on them. I thought that was quite well done as well. Info stamps? The info stamps, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like those info stamps. That was a good, a nice piece of plot there, which I thought was very well realized. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then going back earlier, we have the Dalek versus Cybermen war in Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. So what did you think of the ghost Cybermen? Well, I started out hating it because they had that um, <laughs> Ghostbusters thing going on, uh-huh. um, which was just complete. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, they it, did that with Hyde too, didn't they? With, with which one? With Hyde? Oh yeah, I guess they did. Um, I just yeah, I don't like any of that. That's just silly. <laughs> That's like Ghostbusters. Um, it's just an unnecessary piece of comedy business that wasn't needed. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's everyone apparently, um, all Doctor Who fans apparently since the beginning of time, I'm told, have wanted to see Daleks fight Cybermen. Um, I'm not actually one of those fans, so maybe I'm not a real. Do- I'm not a real. Not a real Doctor Who fan. Yeah, anyway. I hate to say it. It never really occurred to me until <laughs> RTD did it. I mean, it never really occurred to me either. I mean, there was a famous <laughs> Doctor Who cover by Lee Sullivan. Um, so Doctor Who magazine covered by Lee Sullivan, which has Daleks fighting Cybermen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't really seem to be a matchup that I, I certainly wasn't clamoring for. Uh, <laughs> but it was nice. Thank you for giving me something that I didn't really ask for. I think it would have been much better if it was in outer space yeah. and not on Earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was pleased that obviously the Daleks were better than the Cybermen and that the Daleks beat the Cybermen. <laughs> well, that's your just an inherent, inherent Dalek bias. <laughs> I am very biased towards the Daleks. The Daleks just really were, you know, just just taking down, taking down pest the control. Pest control. They were like burn, sick burn. Those cyber, <laughs> the, the, the Daleks were giving to the Cybermen, and the Cybermen because they're so they're so logical. They got no comeback. They got no comeback <laughs> to the Daleks. The Daleks are mean and horrible because they've got emotions. So they're obviously better. But the so Cybermen have got nothing. They just they, they can't. They've got no ah, no creativity at ah, all. But <laughs> <laughs> no cyber art. <laughs> no cyber. Art. It was yeah. It was it was good. It was okay. It was okay. I. I it was there was a bit too much of it with the whole torchwood thing got confusing mm-hmm. rose has to vanish into another dimension that, that was good that was yeah it was okay <laughs> um yeah yeah at least you went to another dimension at last um <laughs> no it's a perfect ending for rose unfortunately it was that to bring it back again later yep. yes yeah yeah yeah. So no, it. I thought it was a okay Cyberman story. It was a big reveal. I mean, uh, of course, I knew about it because I spo- I'd spoiled it. But it was, you know, they really. I mean, when the, it was the Daleks are back. You know, that was mm-hmm. a really that was a really good moment. Um, mm-hmm. and they really kind of paced that one well. And mm-hmm. where the scientist gets his head all blurted by a Dalek sucker, that mm-hmm. was good. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it was a silly. It was a, pretty much a silly episode. It was a silly, mm-hmm. cu- a silly couple of episodes, but fun. Silly but fun. It was set really well, or I mean, it, it followed really well after the rise of Cyberman: Age of Steel, which came kind of set up the parallel uh, world cyber. Yeah, and I think this was. I think the the the, the whole arc thing, which you know, I think again, I didn't want to spend the whole time saying how much Moffat does wrong, but. I think he sees himself as being, you know, a very good arc setter upper, but actually R2 D R2 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 D2 R T D T's arcs are so satisfying. He really has got that kind of arc thing d- down to a, a down to a T. I mean my pretty much my favourite part one of my very favourite bits of Doctor Who ever actually is is the reveal when we discover that uh, Derek Jacobi is the master uh, which is mm-hmm. a brilliant setup from the family of blood with the with the with the watch mm-hmm. thing I mean that's just brilliant mm-hmm. and similarly here you know he sets it up really well with Rise of Cybermen the Age of Steel and then you know we're set up for um for them returning from another dimension later in the show I mean l- later in the series very right. very 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 carefully and cleverly done and you got to hand it to rtd mm-hmm. he was a great showrunner in that way it's the chekhov guns thing and he would fully, fully deploy his chekhov guns but in a way that was not gratuitous you know he wasn't literally like oh here's a gun because the it's 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 needed it seemed to me less uh force-fed so going back to clara it was the impossible girl it's the impossible girl it's the impossible girl she shouldn't exist or this mm-hmm, shouldn't happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 with Amy, it was with the crack. Right. Then... Well, I think one of the problems with Moffat, he's very good at setting stuff up to be interesting, but he really seems mm-hmm. to forget about this for it to really work. You've got he to lose his interest. You've got to have a good payoff. And you know, I still to this day mm-hmm. don't really know what the crack was. 
I guess mm-hmm. I do. But, you know, it's like it was set up to be so important. And then, then he just kind of hand waves it away as being, oh, this was just mm-hmm. a thing that wasn't really that important. Well, if it wasn't that important, then why did you make such a fuss about it? Well, isn't it supposed to be Gallifrey trying yeah, to come whatever. through the yeah, pocket universe? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. It's, it's, it, it could be. But, you know, why there was an eye creature hiding in there? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, mm, maybe it was yeah. from the, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, back to Cybermen. So we're on our last New Who story. We are. We've been able to cover the entire New Who Cybermen in one episode. Well, I'm wondering if that's because the Cybermen aren't effectively used in New Who. Ooh, yeah, could be. I mean, they were very popular. Um, I mean, everyone liked the Cybermen, you know, action figures. I mean, we haven't spent a lot of time talking of Rise of Cybermen, Age of Steel, so we can do that. But that's probably their strongest or biggest outing, right? It is. It is. 100%. It's an origin story of the Cybus Cybermen of uh, John Lumick on this parallel Earth. John Lumick, played by um, absolutely bonkers Roger Lloyd Pack, who, of course, was a (laughs) well-known figure from British sitcoms played Trigger in mm-hmm. Only Fools and Horses for many, many years. Um, so everyone knows who he is, mm-hmm. which was good to see him play a, a crazy man. Sadly, he's now left us, Roger Lloyd mm. Pack, which is very sad. Yep. But anyway, I'm actually just looking... <laughs> I'm just looking at Wikipedia right now, and he's described as the dying transhumanist mad scientist John Lumick, which is actually a very good yeah. description <laughs> of him. And very indicative of of the of, of how well r2d writes his characters we're very very pleased to be an alternate universe where rose's parents have alternate selves mm-hmm. and rose's and, <laughs> and a, a dog, dog. And rose's dad <laughs> who we like but died is back um and rose's mum is uh-huh. the same only completely different and mm-hmm. you know don warrington is the is the is the president of england or whatever the hell he is mm-hmm. everyone loves don warrington mm-hmm. it's yeah it's 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 really 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 good um the cybermen are too stampy um but that's mm-hmm. they the age of steel these these are these alternative these cyber cybermen they're not made of magic silver mm-hmm. which has a problem with gold they're made mm-hmm. of steel yeah which is perfect well why not they're a different cybermen all in all it had very good characters and the one that the one person that really struck me, I keep going back to, is Mrs. Moore, who right. uh, was played by Helen Griffin. Yes. And that that kind of character, that uh, existing within the story, reminded me of the one-off characters that Bob Holmes would put yeah. in, like Binro the, Binro the Heretic or, or J- Jago yeah. and Lightfoot type yeah. character, where you have this really interesting character that isn't central to the yeah. story. But you get attached to, and something unpleasant happens. Something to bad it. happens, yeah. which is you know, which is a it's, which is a combination of being able to write really well, and being able to cast mm-hmm. really well, and being able to act really well. And mm-hmm. it's indicative of a show that is someone is really taking care of and being careful all the way through the process to mm-hmm. get it exactly right. And I think in the Moffat era, I think because the man has been so stretched with other. Um, with other responsibilities and also running, you know, a very, very complex show. I think he's, t- you know, we've, we've had our mm-hmm. eye taken off the ball with that level of care. And I think, you know, it's one of the reasons actually why I think RTD left the show is because it does require so much mental energy to manage mm-hmm. this process so that you get your script delivered in the right way so the characters really, really live. Right. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. why it works. Um, I'm just actually also now thinking there's a, that, that there's two Mickeys. Um, which is also brilliant because everyone yeah. loved Mickey. 
Mickey, Mickey and Ricky. And Ricky. <laughs> exactly. There's like kind of this kind of goofy, lovely Mickey that we like, and then you know his evil brother, mm-hmm. Ricky. It's 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 just it's real. It's it's really good. I mean, it's actually making me. I don't have any of my DVDs here either. It's making me want to watch it right now. Um, and that is, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, relatively rare with New Who. But right now, I am actually wanting to get out of my copy of The Rise of the Cybermen of Ages Still, and I'm wanting to watch two hours of cyber action. Well, this story has taken a lot of stick from fandom because it's not the Mondasian Cybermen. It's not the Telos Cybermen. And I think it's a perfect Cybermen story for New Who. Yeah. I think a Parallel Universe is a good place to explain how we have a Cyberman. And I think where RTD missed a trick is if he just would have had a casual line with, you know, an exchange with, uh, like, say, Mickey saying, this looks just like Earth, and the Doctor or Rose saying, or someone saying, Earth, they say it's Mondas yes, or something like yes, that. Ex- it would have been, absolutely. I think it would have solved a lot of people's because, problems. Because, of course, the genius of the original Cybermen origin story is they come from a parallel Earth, and here we are on a parallel exactly. Earth. Exactly. You know, <laughs> This is a writer right. who's really, really thinking about Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, no, you're you're right. I mean, we are we're on Mondas, and, and it fits really well within the original mandate of uh, Doctor Who, where we go forward in time, backward in time, and sideways, and sometimes sideways. Right. Exactly, says Barry Newman, not Barry Newman. And so. I really like our sideways stories, and we get so few of them. Sydney Newman, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. No, it's I, I, again. It's it's. I said the only thing that lets it down for me is the um, the Cybermen costumes, which are good enough, but could have been better. They're a little too stompy, like you said. Yeah, and they got this big. They kind of kind of got flared trousers as well. <laughs> well they got like big kind of flary legs. Yeah. Well, they're they're robotic. They're a little too. Uh, like, I, like I guess I said earlier, they're too much of a armor suit rather than something cybernetic, organic. With uh, yeah, the two Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. one last cyber story that isn't necessarily within the Doctor Who um, mainline canon that we've kind of overlooked, but I think oh. it's worth taking a uh, giving at least lip service to because it's um, was written by our upcoming showrunner. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> Surely you can't mean <laughs> sexy cyber lady of Torchwood, Cyberwoman. Cyberwoman, she's sexy, she's cyber, she's... Yanto's girlfriend, Lisa. <laughs> Why the Cybermen turned her into... I, I can't remember. Well, see, who's, I'm who's... hoping that with Chris Chimel yeah. being showrunner, that he will find a way of making the sexy cyberwomen work. <laughs> let's let's make really. sexy... Let's make sexy cyberwomen work again. Let's make America great again with sexy yeah, cyberwomen. Not really, of course. but Not really, no. I'm, I'm trying to remember. There's that famous... Um, it's just um, the, the question is, you know, yeah. obviously this is Torchwood, but I think right. this story would have had a lot more gravitas if it was a cyberwoman like we had with the Torchwood... Um, controller yeah, in, to- in a exactly. Cyberman outfit. Yeah, I know. They, they, they turned her into a regular Cyberman. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they turn poor Yanto's girlfriend into a normal? It must be so disappointing for him to have to have like a sexy... I'm trying to think who the... Um... Oh, there's that Japanese, famous Japanese fantasy artist um, who in the... Certainly in the 80s did... Was very famous for doing these, these airbrushed uh, sexy robot ladies. Mm. Um, and that is who... 
that is based on. And uh, th- that is, uh, th- this is the work of this artist. Oh, here you go. Hajime Soroyama the, is the artist. Okay. Um, look him up. Um, it's, it's Hajime, uh, H, uh, H-A-J-I-M-E and S-O-R-A-Y-A-M-A. Very, very famous for doing these hyper-realistic um, airbrushed images of basically women, sexy women who are also robots. Mm-hmm. And that's the artist that they were basing this on. Whether, you know, Chibnall wanted to have a sexy cyber cyber lady or not, mm-hmm. or whether there was some screw up with the designer, you know, like Well, but belts. wasn't Chibnall co-producing at that point in Torchwood? They, they may have said, okay, go away and make us a robot woman. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, the designer went and found, you know, Sor- Soriyama. Okay, well, I'll make her a sexy woman then. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, I mean, there was a lot about Torchwood that was kind of laughable and right. Some of it was deliberate, but you know uh, that was supposed to be a really brutal episode where you know someone really has to confront mm-hmm. the uh, the consequences of their loved ones being turned into a an otherworldly alien robot mm-hmm. creature, um, and that emotion was completely destroyed by you know it, it, it had high heels. Right. It was just ridiculous. It would have been. A, I think it would have been a much more effective story if it would have been a generic cyber casing. It would have been. It would have been great, and you would have got the emotion would have, would have come through perfectly. Mm-hmm. Especially because we see the face mask that you know Lisa mm-hmm. was actually underneath there. And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've no idea. Anyway, yeah, failure. Big, big, hundred percent. Five silver star failure on that one. <laughs> no, but funny. five gold stars. <laughs> five exactly, and it's, it's a full adric. It's like a gold star. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, the, the, there was there was actually an action an action figure that you could get of the well. The, they tried to make action figures of the whole mm-hmm. Torchwood team, um, and there was you could get a sexy Cyberwoman action figure, and I, I declined mm-hmm. to, um, to 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 get one of them. But I mean, there was a lot that was hilarious about Torchwood, mm-hmm. and this was one of their most hilarious mm-hmm. moments. Um, and most of what was hilarious on Torchwood was Chibnall. So um, <laughs> let's hope he's got over that hilarity um, uh, and, and is rather more serious at this point. Anyway, I, I just uh, watched uh, Chibnall's Great Train Robbery with uh, the Robber's Tale and the Copper's Tale. And it was well right. put together. I mean, there was some historical inaccuracies in it, but I think it was a really... Oh, is that, a, is, is, is that on Netflix or something? Or did you find it on the internet? Yeah, it is on Netflix. Comments? Oh, I should watch that. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's I'll look it's, out for that. it's a very good Chibnall um, piece. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he may have got his ridiculousness out of his system um, in in Torchwood. Mm-hmm. I mean, very very strange attitudes to women, um, which actually yeah. Moffat has as well. Yes. But I think he may have actually got that out of his system mm-hmm. through. I mean, you know, obviously he's done three. Is it three series of Broadchurch now? I think he's doing his third this uh, year. So I mean, I think he's. I think he may have matured as a writer. So mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, well, maybe, maybe we'll see the, the sexy cyber people return. <laughs> sexy, sexy cyber people. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up, David. That is, that's I thought we'd leave on a high note. <laughs> a definitely a high, a sexy, sexy, high silver note. Exactly. Um, cool. Well, that is a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun discussion about Cybermen. I defy anyone not to enjoy listening to that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That's five silver stars, Commander. Cyber leader. Yeah. Uh, cyber leader, Z- uh, you have a you have a great surname for um for a cyber leader. Hmm. Cyber leader Zek. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you'd I'm, have to. You'd I'm, have to. I'm right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's Cyberman and Cyber Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that was, yeah, we'll go into that next week when we talk about classic Who, but um, Cybermen used to have names. I know, Cyberlina Krang yeah. and people like that. Exactly. They had awesome, awesome names, mm-hmm. especially in the novelizations. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. Because, I mean, why wouldn't they have names? Right. They used to be people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week already. All right. Good stuff. So let's wrap up here. Episode 26 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. I've been David. And I've been Ben. And have an excellent evening. Thank you for listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh good was, stuff. Good stuff. That was super fun. Um, yeah, you see, side many can't be. <laughs>